Matthew chapter 13, please, beginning to read at verse 24. Verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? For whence hath then it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together the first the tares, and bind them in bundles, and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his own word in public, but let's just buy again in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that in such a bad night, Lord, we thank you you've brought so many out to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought them from near and far. And Lord, we thank you you've given them journeying and traveling mercies to come to this place. So now, Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to stay fixed and focused on your word. And we ask you, Father, that you would have your word lodged in our hearts, be inscribed in our hearts, imprinted upon our minds. And, O oh God, that you would speak to us, awaken your people, awaken your church, and glorify the name of your Son. For it's in his name we pray, and in his name we ask it. Amen. In Matthew 13, the whole chapter, the Lord Jesus gives seven parables, the number of perfection and completion. He gives seven parables, four of the parables, the first four in the chapter. What he does is he preaches outside by the shore. As they're standing on the shore, he enters a boat and uses the boat as, if it were, a platform or a pulpit. And there he gives the first four parables outside to the multitude. And that's important that you mark that down. It's important that you take note of that this evening. The last three parables are short. They are concise and precise, and they're found at the end of the chapter. And they are given only to the disciples who are inside the house with him as he brings them from the shore 
to the house. These parables to the multitude seemingly, I take note, seemingly put it forth and show that the kingdom of God is a failure. In man's eyes, the kingdom of God is a failure. That the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is not what the believers, the followers have said it would be. Now, if you were to read these, we're going to mention just brief bullet points on them. You're going to see why they think that. And the three parables in the house with Christ and his disciples, he is giving those parables and they don't seem like a failure, but they saw the complete success of the kingdom of God. The complete success of Christ's kingdom. So, For example, in the first parable of Matthew 13, the first of the four, we read from verses 3 to 8, and I can't go through it for too much time would be used up. But there is the sower sowing good seed. And we're told that some falls by the wayside, some upon stony places, some fell among thorns, and other fell into good ground, springing forth and multiplying. Now here's the thing too, the unregenerate, to the ungodly, to the unbeliever, it would seem like the kingdom of God is only one in four. Where is the success in that? Can God not use that seed to reach more? More than one portion in four? So hence it looks like God's kingdom to the natural eye is a failure. The second parable is our reading tonight, and we're told in verse 25, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And then we read the tares spring up with the wheat. And to the unregenerate heart, and to those who look at this on the surface application, they look and see again, the kingdom of God seems a failure for the enemy has his way. The enemy has his sway. And so the kingdom of God is seemingly a failure. The third parable of four is in verse 31 and verse 32. We are told in verse 31, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed in the, is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And again, outside to the multitude, it's a seeming failure because after all the kingdom work of the kingdom branch, that is around the world from the scattering of Israel to the, uh, to the gospel message going forth to our salvation. It seems that those who were, those nations that were built of the word of God, now the birds are coming to lodge who were not 
from this place. It's a seeming failure of the kingdom of God on the earth. So the first four seem to be a failure. These multi- this multitude, they must have thought that this man who is sitting in the boat, what this man, he's talking nothing but negativity and failure. Why follow the failure? So why follow him? So this is what they all think of, what we call the covenant nations. Built on the word of God, the UK. Built on the word of God and Ireland at one point. That is before 100 years ago. Built upon the word of God. United States, Canada, we think of Australia, the Christian nations, covenanted in Israel unto God. The laws of the land are from the laws of the Scripture. The gospel of the kingdom of God from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, right through to you and I this evening. It looks as though that which Christ had planted has now failed miserably when we look at the state of our nations and the other nations around the world. It seems as if we're finished. It seems as if God is nowhere to be found. These nations which accepted Reformation principles and teaching has now succumbed to ecumenical, demonic, false worship. And every man and his dog are building their temples and their mosques and bringing their gods into our land. Surely, brothers and sisters, tonight, we can see if we look with the natural eye, the Christian nations that once served Christ with preachers on every street corner, pulpits declaring the Word of God, salvation by grace alone, through Christ alone. Surely we can see the demise of our peoples, of our society, because of the wickedness of the hearts of men and government and even our monarchy. Church leaders, preachers of the Word of God, pastors who are supposed to shepherd the sheep. They fell asleep in their comforts over the last many years. They fell asleep while the enemy came and sowed his tares among us. While the enemy came in to the church, while the enemy came in and sowed his tares, why the enemy come in to the nation to bring every other god and false idolatrous worship into our land. And now in our governments, sitting in high places, 
and the seat of power. While men slept, the enemy came. Oh, we have a land that's full and free. This wonderful land of the United Kingdom where we have our full liberties. We can say as we like and preach the word as we want. And sure, God is on our side. And now, now the preachers are being arrested in our very streets for preaching Christ. The enemy came in and we were asleep. While men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares in our nation. And once they came from a small minority, then they grew up. And once they gather strength, they then profess political correctness. Our next brother, our next sister, they will gain above us. The Lord told Israel that the heathen shall come in and get up very high and you shall be brought down very low. That's the next step for this land. We shall be brought down very low and every blood washed, every blood bought, every born again child of God will be under persecution for loving Christ. Oh, and where will you stand on that day? Notice here, Matthew 13, the first parable, and we say in verse 19 it says, here Jesus gives the answer to the first parable. He gives the revelation of it and the people still can't really grasp it. When the sower is sowing and some fall by the wayside, listen to what he says. He says the fowls came and devoured them up in verse 4. And here is the revelation. Here is the commentary of Christ. The commentary of Christ in the Scriptures. Verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, notice, underline it, then cometh the wicked one. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Notice the wicked one comes. The wicked one is known as the Poneros. Speaks of the devil and it speaks of his agents through different men and women in the land. Oh, the word of God is sown tonight. The seed is being cast out. And I wonder how many will take it in and let it bear fruit. And how many will say they have taken it in. And by the time they get into the car park, the devil comes and steals it out of your heart. The Poneros gives the idea of one or some who are very wicked indeed. I notice here the second parable, 
as we have read, it says, the wild men slept, the enemy sowed tares among the wheat. The enemy sowed tares among the wheat. The word here for enemy is the word ekthros. Let me spell it for you in the English rendering. E-C-H-T-H-R-O-S. Ekthros. Very important word. It gives the idea to hit. To hit. To be actively hostile to someone or something. It gives the idea of one who is opposing God even in their very mind. They oppose him. And it also speaks of the devil himself and those whom he sends forth, his tares. The devil, who is the most bitter enemy, you ready, of divine government. The devil is the most bitter enemy of divine government. The enemy came, the one with these parables, who hates divine government. Now, Christ is talking about these parables, and these are known as kingdom parables, all about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Now, this is very important. While our nation was founded on biblical principles, Israelitish Christian Hebrew heritage, and while our nation was founded on the commandments of God and the law of God. Yet we find, brothers and sisters, we find there are those today who are opposing God in their mind. They are actively hostile to the gospel. The devil himself has blinded their minds, eyes and poisoned their minds. And they are the most bitter enemies of divine government. That's why Westminster has changed its laws, but the Word of God hasn't changed. That's why Westminster has changed its laws. That's that's why Toy Town up in East Belfast there, Stormont, that's why they changed their laws. And they can't even get on to find out what is right and what is wrong. Now, if you're asking me, in my personal view, you should never be in government with terrorists anyway. should never be there. And this is what we are left with. This is what we are left with. Bombers, murderers, arsonists, vile men telling us how to live. And now they're going to vote on whether you need a vaccine passport to leave your country and eat in a restaurant. Tears among the wheat. How far has the divine government fallen in our nation? These communist, Marxist, liberal left-wing socialists with their parties and their followers and their blinded people who chase after them. The enemy came and sowed tares and the government founded on the word. 
And now we have all sorts of groupings starting to rise up. And every one of them, although they disagree with one another, they hate your Savior and mine. They hate divine government because divine government shows them their sin. And divine government tells them they'll burn in a lake of fire. That's strong tonight, isn't it? But it's the truth. It's the truth. Many churches have went along with them the same way. The same way. And even I'm told there's a book coming out soon. You ready for this? And I I mentioned this weeks and weeks ago. And someone has written a book, and it's meant to be published soon, of the list of churches who closed because the government paid them the money. See, the love of money, the love of money, the love of it is the root of all evil. And these tears were sown because we fell asleep. The churches fell asleep. The pastors fell asleep. The preachers fell asleep. Because our people fell asleep. The people of Ulster fell asleep. Now we're in grave danger of a European Union land grab through an Irish Republic. The beast system of Europe has its arm coming to grab hold of Ulster. Brothers and sisters, the Ekthros is an Ulster. The Ekthros has sown his tares in Ulster, the last bastion of evangelical Protestantism in the whole of Europe. It's now become a cesspit. Falling worse from the height God had raised her to. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, listen to what James says. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. He's speaking to the 12 tribes here. Scattered abroad, verse one, chapter 1, verse 1. He's speaking to Israel here. He's not speaking just to a church setting. He's speaking to those who have allowed other gods in their nation other than Yahweh, our Father. Married on the God. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, he said. You have other gods rather than Christ. Know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore shall be a friend of the world is the enemy. Ekthros is the word. If we're living in a constant friendship that is partaking in the world, then we are God's enemy. Do you know what this tells me about our nation tonight? Our nation is under wrath and judgment of God because it's become God's enemy rather than glorifying Him. United States and Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa especially, 
all burst, burst out of biblical principles, covenanted in Israel unto God. And now, James says, those who are worldly, our government, God help us, our monarchy is in a mess. They are the enemy of God. Romans 5 and 10 says, Who we were, for if when we were enemies, actros, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. You and I in our sin in the world were also enemies to God. If you're not saved tonight, you're God's enemy. You might say, I'm not God's enemy. The Bible says, if you're not Christ, if you're not saved, you're God's enemy. And even in the, the total depravity of our flesh and human nature, we are actively pursuing the world and not God. We are dead to Him and enemies according so. Listen, brothers and sisters, salvation has three parts here. First of all, justification when you're saved at the cross. When you believe you're justified, you're just as if you've never sinned. It means the Father in Christ declares you righteous. Secondly, we have sanctification after you're saved. Justification when we believe at the cross. Sanctification when we are led by the Spirit to carry our cross. Christ's cross, you're saved. Your cross, you're sanctified. It's not an easy walk. And it's not an easy life. And thirdly, glorification. When Christ comes again and changes our frame and faith will give way to sight, we're glorified in Him. In justification, we are no longer under the penalty of sin for Christ as paid at all. In sanctification, we are no longer under the power of sin for we walk by faith through grace in Christ. And in glorification, we have no longer the presence of sin, for our bodies shall be changed to be like His. I'm glad that I'm no longer an enemy of God. I'm glad that I'm saved, and I am Christ's. In Matthew 13 and verse 32, let's look at it, please. Verse 32. In the which in the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now you take note there. See the birds of the air, the word birds. It is the exact same word. Let your eye run back in the chapter <clears throat> to verse 4. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Underline fowls. Fowls and birds are the exact same word, only different in our English. 
They are the word patinon, P-E-T-I-N-O-N, patinon. And it basically means they're the same. All birds representing something. So take note here, the fourth parable quickly. In verse 33, another parable, spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like an unto leaven which a woman took and hid three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. See the word leaven there? He's saying the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. He says a woman takes the meal and she puts three measures of leaven. She kneads it through until the whole is leavened. And brothers and sisters, this speaks of doctrine. Leaven in the scriptures, in the parables, speak of doctrine, usually false, except for maybe one or two areas. Let me give you an example. Matthew chapter 16, please. Matthew 16. And later I run down to verse 6. The Lord Jesus says, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Verse 11, Take it not to sick. How is it that you do not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that ye should, notice not concerning bread, that ye should be aware, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Verse 12, then understood how they, then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. The doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees being mixed with the gospel. Paul says, those who came away from that day of Judaism, the apostle Paul says to the Galatian church, you did run well, who did hinder you? He also says to them, who hath bewitched you that you should come away from the grace that you know? Salvation by grace. They were turning back to the doctrine of the Pharisees, of, of, of the Sadducees, and of their leaven, of their Judaism. That's why the whole book of Hebrews was written, brothers and sisters, for they were turning back through persecution. And Paul's writing it and saying, listen, everything in the temple and all the sacrifice and everything's done. It's finished, and it's Christ. And so he writes the whole book of Hebrews that Christ is greater than all. He goes through a list there. I haven't time to go into this. So it seems to the naked eye that the kingdom of God and the gospel of grace is a failure. And that's what it might seem to you, Christian, even, because you're wondering what's next for us. Everywhere we go, it's somebody's against us. What's next for us? Listen, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Verses 7 to 10, let's read. If you want to turn with it, 1 Corinthians 2, 7 to 10. Listen to what he says. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the word unto our glory. Verse 8 which none of the princes of this world knew. Notice they, were, they thought they had the upper hand with Christ on the cross. 
which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They think they're on the winning side. They think they're getting the victory. They think the kingdom of God is a failure. But I want to let you know, they can think it. But Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Brothers and sisters, we are on the victory team. And we are on the winning side. And it might even look at times to you like we are going under. No, we're not going under. We're going through. And when Christ comes, he's going to call us yonder. My brothers and sisters, let's, let's continue on. Verse 9. Listen to what he says. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Verse 10. But God hath revealed him unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. In other words, you can't see it unless the Spirit shows it. And what you and I have, what you and I have, zoom in on me here. You need to take this home tonight no matter what's going on out there. Zoom in on me. What you and I have, what you and I see, what the Spirit is showing us in the Scripture, our natural eye looks at it nothing but doom and gloom. But you and I have something that was hidden in God from before the very foundation of this earth. You and I can see the kingdom come. You and I can see Christ breaking the skies. They'll roll back like a scroll. You and I have the witness of the word and the spirit and none can take that from you nor from me. You and I, when we leave this place, we can leave here more than conquerors through him that loved us. Brothers and sisters, what do you say? Praise the Lord. And none dare take it from us. The devil can't pluck you out of his hand. The government, they could take away our lovely tent. <laughs> and they could wreck it. They could close it. But I can tell you, they'll never take away Christ from the hearts of his people. And anyway, if I closed us, we'd meet in the field with our welly boots and our umbrellas. That's what we're going to do. We'll meet out in a field somewhere with our welly boots and our umbrellas, and we'll still preach on, and we'll still sing on, and we'll still worship the Lord, and we'll read the Scriptures and declare this a nation covenanted unto Christ. See, wild men slept the enemy came. I want the enemy to hear. I don't care if it's a person enemy or a spirit enemy. This and his cohorts of himself and evil spirits. I want you to hear this. This church as long as there's breath in my body. This church as long as I have strength. This church as long as I can. I promise you, we will go on no matter what. And we will serve the Lord. They can close it. 
Listen, see when I was sitting there and sick, not well, feeling sorry for myself. See, and I was like, God, you know what it's like, Ronnie? You're laying there. You know what? I was laying there and at one point, I mean, oxygen was going down like this. It wasn't as bad as William, but it was down like this. It was an agony. I was in pain. I was sick. It was all of these things that many of you have went through. But listen, when I was there, I'll never forget it one night with pain from these busted ribs. I was laying there, I could hardly move. And I said, Lord, any time now, I am ready. Now, if I'm not afraid of that, I'm not going to be afraid of Boris Johnson. I'm certainly not going to be afraid of Sinn Féin, nor the DUP, nor Alliance, SDLP, or whoever else. When I was landing that bed, I says, Lord, you raise us up. Things are going to change. Things are going to change. Now, I'm waiting for people to drop off. I don't mean dead. (laughs) I mean from the service following. Talking about from service and following because the road will get bumpy and things might get rough. But I can promise you one thing. We'll stand fast by the word of God and we'll not sell Ulster out for a bunch of yahoos who think they're godly, or for a bunch of yahoos are, are bringing rules and regulations upon us and telling us how to worship, when to worship, where to worship. As far as I'm concerned, Jesus said in John 4, you'll neither worship in Jerusalem nor these mountains, for the Father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'll take Christ with me everywhere I go. I'm certainly not going to let a bunch of unregenerate, unrepentant, terrorist murderers tell me what to do. Sorry if that's strong. I'm not sorry, but it's strong. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. They should be strung up. When they were convicted, they should have been put to death. They wouldn't be out the mouth off now and parade themselves. But when men slept, the enemy came. We were sleeping in our comforts. Do you ever wonder how all of a sudden the world has come to a shutdown, a lockdown? Do you ever wonder how all of a sudden this has happened so quickly? Do you ever wonder how it seems like all of a sudden that, that we're being corralled like cattle? I'm not cattle, I'm a sheep. You're a sheep. Do you ever wonder how all of a sudden There's all of these things that are coming against us. All of these uh, political groups are rising up. Do you ever wonder, where'd they all come from? Where'd they all come from? It seems like they came out of yesterday, and that was it. Brothers and sisters, they were always here. But you see, wild men slept. The enemy came in and started sowing the tears in our nation, in our governments, in our society in our universities. Imagine Hillary Clinton. What more do you expect from the university there anyway? A murderous witch. Just speaking truth tonight. I'm just telling it as it is. Damn babies in the womb. Brothers and sisters, 
The wine men slept. The enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat notes and then went his way. We'll just drop a wee bit here and bring a few in there. We'll drop another few over there and we'll drop another few there and they'll do their bit and they'll start to work the whole way through government, society, and universities and schools and colleges. And they'll start to teach the children, oh no, we'll do, we'll bring Hollywood. Yes, Hollywood, not Hollywood. We'll bring Hollywood in and they'll teach the children from young. They'll program their minds to think the abnormal is normal and that which is good is evil and evil is good. And that's where we are. The enemy came while we slept. While you slept and I slept, the enemy came in, sowed his tears. And then he went his way. Slooped off like the subtle sleekness that he is. And he left his damnable, damnable cohorts among us. Opened the floodgates of our land for illegal immigration. And the birds came in and set up their own temples cut off the head of one of her own soldiers in the streets of London or in the streets of England. What's going on? What is going on? Wild men slept. The enemy came. And he fought. And he went his way. Antifa. That's, that's strange, isn't it? That's anti-fascist. The anti-fascists are neither fascists. And say nothing against them. BLM, communists, Marxists to the core, LGBT. You say nothing. We can go on and we can go on. The enemy came and he sold them. And he sold them. And the church was that comfortable. Well, I have to admit, CET, for a few, a couple of years, but at least, but maybe even from the beginning, CET hasn't been that comfortable because I've had this everywhere. <laughs> had you in a converted pub <clears throat> into a church, praise God, and then we went to a drive-in, and then we left there and we went to an old warehouse, and now I have you in a tent. We're getting up in the world. <laughs> it doesn't matter the framework. We are the temple. We are the temple of the living God. I'd rather be in this tent than sit in a plush palace of a place, sleeping while the enemy is having his way in our land and with our children. Oh, I have too much material here. I'll do another five minutes, all right? White men slept. Brothers and sisters, sleeping is needful. Sleeping is necessary for our health and strength. Even Jesus slept with his head on a pillow in a boat in a storm. The thing is, even though he was sleeping on a pillow, the storm is going, the disciples were afraid. He might have been sleeping. That's his humanity. But see as his deity, they were never going to sink. <laughs> they were never going to go down. They were never going to go under. For with Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. <laughs> And when Christ is in our midst here, as long as we stay Christ-centered, I believe we'll keep afloat no matter the storm that comes against us. 
But the sleep here, while sleep is good, in Matthew 13 and 25, would give more the idea of an, of an unawareness, a slothfulness, a sightlessness, a visionless people, and without any consciousness or knowledge of what is going on around them, they fell asleep. As we would say, they were conked out. And they got up and there's tears. The enemy came and sowed the tears. Ah, oh, what's happened to our Ulster? What's happened to the United Kingdom? All the great preachers of bygone years. That's what happened. They are bygone years. We need God for the now. We need a spirit revival now. We need men of the word now. I love to read about revivals, but we need it now. Here and now. Look, I've far too much. Let me show you sleeping for a few minutes. In the Song of Solomon, chapter 5 and verse 2, the Song of Solomon is a Shunammite woman. She's in a field. She's farmed out, as you would say, in the country. I never heard that day I met Alison. Farmed out. What's farmed out? She's farmed out to another vineyard, and she's dirty, and she's tattered garments, and Solomon comes down. And so this is a love song between them. For she, he takes her to his banqueting house, and he clothes her, cleans her, and he clothes her. And it's Christ and his redeemed bride. It's Christ and you and I. But listen to this, church. Song of Solomon 5, verse 2. I sleep, she says, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with, with the drops of the night. This is Christ at the door. Solomon representing the Lord at the door. Open to me. And she replies, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defy them? I was sleeping there, Lord. And you're knocking my door. I love the comfiness, especially coming in the autumn winter of my fire. And you want me to do what? Go to church twice on a Sunday? You want me to be surrendered to you? You want me as your bride to give myself completely? That's what the bride does. You want me to give myself completely to you? See, you took her coat off and her shoes were off and she washed her feet and she was half asleep. Oh, I'm sleeping. And then she realizes, uh-oh, she jumps up, goes to the handle and it's too late because he's gone. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus is speaking to the lukewarm Laodicean last church age which you and I are living in. We are that church age. Behold, I stand at the door knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. That's the you and I. That's the CET. That's the other churches. Put me out. Why? I want fellowship in your heart. I want fellowship in your life. But you put me out. Why? Because you want to watch all the old dramas and you want to read all the old magazines 
and you don't want to give yourself wholly and totally and completely to your bridegroom. But you'll sleep. And while men slept, the enemy came. So the tears. And he went his way. Oh, I've got to stop with too much stuff. Brothers and sisters, remember? Remember when Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane? Peter, James, and John? Watch with me while I go there and pray. And he's away praying with all the stress and all the weight of everything that would befall him of you and I. And Calvary looming upon him. And him knowing every single part of it. And he comes back and he finds three dozy disciples. What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? He goes away again, comes back, and they're sleeping again. He says, sleep on. Behold, the one is at the door. In other words, Judas and the praetorium guard had come in Gethsemane's gate. And they were coming to arrest the disciples of Christ and Christ. And they fled and they left him. And Christ stood and protected them. Says in John's gospel, he says, Whom seek ye? We seek Jesus of Nazareth. Listen to what he says. He stands forth and he says, I am he. Or the italics are isn't in the original text. He says, I am and they all fell flat down. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares and went his way. May CT be never found sleeping. I felt when we went through that trial recently and still going through it, some of us, I felt that I had let him down. I felt that I had fell asleep on my watch as the shepherd of this place. When I say fell asleep, mind you, I'm not talking about doing everything that they want us to do in the ungodly world. I'm talking about as a watchman, I find I've went wrong somewhere. But I've said, Lord, no matter what it costs me, no matter who will stay and who will go, I will take my stand. I trust you will too, brothers and sisters. See why men slept? Just by the way, I'll maybe do this next week. I don't know, don't hold me to it. Do you know the build-up while we're all fixed and focused? I was going to say, I was going to say another word there, but I'm not. While we are all dazed and looking for all the things that are happening between jobs and jags, between numbers and COVIDs and all of that stuff, and while it's on every radio program, all over social media, and it's on your mainstream media, look, it's real, we're not saying it, is it? And while all of those things are happening, the world is fixed on it. And in the meantime, the nations are in turmoil. And in the meantime, the enemy has come in. And in the meantime, he sowed his tares. 
And the elitists are doing this. You know why? They're covering up for the war that's coming. China has now built their fleet to the greatest military fleet in the world. Wild men slept. Revelation 16, the kings of the east will rise. Listen, what do you think of this gas? Fuel, petrol, diesel. There is no shortage. You know what they're doing? They're playing chess. It's like a big chess board and they're playing chess. And once they get everybody in, you will come under and I will come under even more financial slavery. Well, there's slavery today. You and I are it. Your children, should God the Lord tarry, grandchildren and mine are the slaves of the world, slaves in our nation, under the bondage of the elitists, under the bondage of these men who are the elitists in control of all the banking systems. And they start a war here with this country and that country, and they fund there, and they fund there. And while they're fighting, they take all the money. Better stop. The wild men slept. The enemy came. The one, the enemy, who is actively, proactively against divine government in our land. Why do you think they hate the Lord? Why do you think you'll never hear about it? It's always one way on all of these channels. It's all one thing. It's all Christ-hating. And it makes people think that we're this little failure of a kingdom, a little failure of a church, and a failure of the gospel, and a failure of a Christ. But they think that. But when we look at the gospel, God said he would save his elect. And the one of four is all he came for. And that's why it's not a failure. Brothers, let's cling close to the cross. And let's keep our hearts fixed on Christ. And may God save Ulster. We need him in a big way.